Swiss Family Robinson. Chapter 6 A Troop of Animals in Cork Jackets. Early the next morning, though scarcely light, I mounted the vessel hoping to gain a sight of our beloved companions through a telescope. Fritz prepared a substantial breakfast of biscuit and ham, but before we sat down we recollected that in the captain's cabin we had seen a telescope of much superior size and power, and we speedily conveyed it to the deck. While this was doing, the brightness of the day had come on. I fixed my eye to the glass and discovered my wife coming out of the tent and looking attentively towards the vessel, and at the same moment perceived the motion of the flag upon the shore. A load of anxiety was thus taken from my heart, for I had the certainty that all were in good health and had escaped the dangers of the night. Now that I have had a sight of your mother, said I to Fritz, my next concern is for the animals on board. Let us endeavor to save the lives of some of them at least, and to take them with us. Would it be possible to make a raft, to get them all upon it, and in this way get them to shore, asked Fritz? But what a difficulty in making it, and how could we induce a cow, an ass, and a sow, either to get upon a raft, or, when there, to remain motionless and quiet? The sheep and goats one might perhaps find means to remove, they being of a more docile temper, but for the larger animals I am at a loss how to proceed. My advice, father, is to tie a long rope round the sow's neck and throw her without ceremony into the sea. Her immense weight will be sure to sustain her above water, and we can draw her after the boat. Your idea is excellent, but unfortunately it is of no use but for the pig, and she is the one I care the least about preserving. Then there is another idea, father. Let us tie a swimming jacket around the body of each animal and contrive to throw one and all into the water. You will see that they will swim like fish, and we can draw them after us in the same manner. Right, very right, my boy. Your invention is admirable. Let us therefore not lose a moment in making the experiment. We hastened to the execution of our design. We fixed a jacket on one of the lambs and threw it into the sea, and full of anxious curiosity I followed the poor beast with my eyes. He sunk at first, and I thought him drowned, but he soon reappeared, shaking the water from his head, and in a few seconds he had learned completely the art of swimming. After another interval, we observed that he appeared fatigued, gave up his efforts, and suffered himself to be borne along by the course of the water, which sustained and conducted him to our complete satisfaction. "'Victory!' exclaimed I, hugging my boy with delight. "'These useful animals are all our own.' Let us not lose a moment in adopting the same means with those that remain, but take care not to lose our little lamb. Fritz now would have jumped into the water to follow the poor creature, who was still floating safely on the surface, but I stopped him till I had seen him tie on a swimming jacket. He took with him a rope, first making a slipknot in it, and soon overtaking the lamb, threw it around his neck and drew him back to our boat, and then took him out of the water. We next got four small water butts. I emptied them and then carefully closed them again. I united them with a large piece of sailcloth, nailing one end to each cask. I strengthened this with a second piece of sailcloth, and this contrivance I destined to support the cow and the ass, two caskets to each animal being placed in the middle with a cask on either side. 
added a thong of leather stretching from the caskets across the breast and haunches of the animals to make the hole secure, and thus in less than an hour both my cow and my ass were equipped for swimming. It was next the turn of the smaller animals. Of these, the sow gave us the most trouble. We were first obliged to put on her a muzzle to prevent her biting, and then we tied a large piece of cork under her body. The sheep and goats were more accommodating, and we had soon encountered them for our adventure. And now we had succeeded in assembling our whole company on the deck, in readiness for the voyage. We tied a cord to either the horns or the neck of each animal, and to the other end of the cord a piece of wood similar to the mode used for making nets, that it might be easy for us to take hold of the ropes and so draw the animals to us if it should be necessary. We struck away some more of the shattered pieces of wood from the fissure of the vessel, by which we were again to pass. We began our experiment with the ass, by conducting him as near as possible to the brink of the vessel, and then suddenly shoving him off. He fell into the water, and for a moment disappeared, but we soon saw him rise, and in the action of swimming between his two barrels, with a grace which really merited our commendation. Next came the cow's turn, and as she was in infinitely more valuable than the ass, my fears increased in due proportion. The ass had swam so courageously that he was already at a considerable distance from the vessel, so that there was sufficient room for our experiment on the cow. We had more difficulty in pushing her overboard, but she reached the water in as much safety as the ass had done before, and she did not sink so low in it, and was no less perfectly sustained by the empty barrels. And she made her way with gravity, and if I may so express it a sort of dignified composure. According to this method, we proceeded with our whole troop, throwing them one by one into the water, where by and by they appeared in a group, floating at their ease and seemingly well content. The sow was the only exception. She became quite furious, set up a loud squalling, and struggled with so much violence in the water that she was carried to a considerable distance, but fortunately in a direction towards the landing place we had in view. We had now not a moment to lose. Our last act was to put on our cork jackets, and then we descended without accident through the cleft, took our station in the, bo in the boat, and were soon in the midst of our troop of quadrupeds. We carefully gathered all the floating bits of wood and fastened them to the stern of the machine and drew them after us. When everything was adjusted and our company in order, we hoisted our sail, which soon filling with a favorable wind, conducted us all safe to the land. We now perceived how impossible it would have been for us to have succeeded in our enterprise without the aid of a sail, for the weight of so many animals sunk the boat so low in the water that all our exertions to row to such a distance would have been ineffectual, while by means of the sail she proceeded completely to our satisfaction, bearing in her train our company of animals, nor could we help laughing heartily at the singular appearance we made. Proud of the success of so extraordinary a feat, we were in high spirits and seated ourselves in the tubs where we made an excellent dinner. Fritz amused himself with the monkey while I was occupied in thinking of those I had left on land and of whom I now tried to take a view through my telescope. My last act on board the vessel had been to take one look more at those beloved things, and I perceived my wife and the three boys all in motion and seeming to be setting out on some excursion, but it was in vain that I endeavored by anything I saw to conjure what their plan might be. I therefore seized the first moment of quiet to make another trial with my glass, when a sudden exclamation from Fitz filled me with alarm. "'Oh, heavens!' cried he. "'We are lost!' A fish of an enormous size is coming up to the boat. I lost, said I, half angry and yet half partaking of right. 
Be ready with your gun, and the moment he is close upon us, we will fire upon him. He had nearly reached the boat, and with the rapidity of lightning, had seized the foremost sheep. At this instant, Fritz aimed his fare so skillfully that the balls of the gun were lodged in the head of the monster, which was an enormous shark. The fish half turned himself round in the water and hurried off to sea, leaving us to observe the lustrous roundness of his belly, and that as he proceeded he stained the water red, which convinced us he had been severely wounded. I determined to have the best of our guns at hand the rest of the way, lest we should be again attacked by the same fish or another of his species. The animal being now out of sight, and our fears appeased, I resumed the rudder, and as the wind drove us straight towards the bay, I took down the sail and continued rowing till we reached a convenient spot for our cattle to land. I had there only to untie the end of the cords from the boat, and they stepped contentedly on shore. Our voyage thus happily concluded, we followed their example. I had already been surprised and uneasy at finding none of my family looking out for us on the shore. We could not, however, set out in search of them till we had discumbered our animals and their swimming apparatus. Scarcely had we entered upon this employment when I was relieved by the joyful sounds which reached our ears and filled our hearts with rapture. It was my wife and the youngest boys who uttered them, the latter of whom were soon close up to us and their mother followed not many steps behind each and all of them in excellent health and eager for our salutations. When the first burst of happiness at meeting had subsided, we all sat down on the grass, and I began to give them an account of our occupations in the vessel, of our voyage, and of all our different plans and their success in the order in which they occurred. My wife could find no words to express her surprise and joy at seeing so many useful animals around us, and the hearty affection she expressed for them in language the most simple and touching increased my satisfaction at the completion of our enterprise. Yes, said Fritz, a little consequentially, for this once the private counselor has tried his talents at invention. This indeed is very true, replied I. In all humility have I to confess that to Fritz alone all praise belongs, and that to his sagacity it is that we are indebted for our success. His mother cannot refrain from giving him a hearty kiss. Our gratitude is due to both, said she, for both have labored to give us the possession of this troop of animals, an acquisition beyond any other, agreeable and serviceable to us in the situation in which it has pleased Providence to place us. Ernest and Jack now ran to the boat and began to shout their admiration of the mast, the sail, and the flag, desiring their brother to explain to them how all the things they saw had been effected and what he himself did of them. In the meantime, we began to unpack our cargo, while Jack stole aside and amused himself with the animals, took off the jackets from the sheep and goats, bursting from time to time into shouts of laughter at the ridiculous figure of the ass who stood before them adorned with his two caskets and his swimming apparatus, and braying loud enough to make us deaf. By and by, I perceived with surprise that Jack had around his waist a belt of metal covered with yellow skin in which were fixed two pistols. Where did you procure this curious costume which gives you the look of a smuggler? From my own manufactory, replied he, and if you cast your eyes upon the dogs, you will see more of my specimens. 
Accordingly, I looked at them and perceived that each had on a collar similar to the belt round Jack's waist, with, however, the exception of the collars being armed with nails, the points of which were outwards, and exhibited a formidable appearance. And it is you, Mr. Jack, cried I, who have invented and executed these collars in your belt? Yes, father, they are indeed my invention, with a little of my mother's assistance when it was necessary to use the needle. But where did you get the leather, the thread, and the needle? Frisses Jackal furnished the first, answered my wife, and as to the last, a good mother of a family is always provided with them. Then have I not an enchanted bag from which I draw out such articles as I stand in need of? So if you have a particular fancy for anything, you need only—you have only to acquaint me with it. I tenderly embraced her to express my thanks for this effort, to amuse by so agreeable a raillery, and Jack to come in for his share of the caresses and our hearty commendations. But Fritz was both discontented and angry on finding that Jack had taken upon him to dispose of his jackal, and to cut his beautiful skin into strips. He, however, concealed his ill humor as well as he could, but presently he called out suddenly, holding his nose as he spoke, "'What a filthy smell!' Does it per perchance proceed from you, Mr. Courier? Is this the perfume we may expect from your manufacturing? It is rather yours than mine, replied Jack in a resentful tone, for it was your jackal which hung you hung up in the sun to dry, which would have been dried in a whole skin if it had not pleased your sublime fancy to cut it to pieces instead of leaving me the power to do what I please with my own booty, answered his brother. "'Son, Fritz,' said I, in a somewhat angry tone, "'this is not generous on your part. "'Of what importance is it who cut up the skin of the jackal, "'if by so doing it has contributed to our use? "'My dear children, we are here in this desert island "'in just such a situation as that of our first parents "'when they were driven out of Eden. "'It was still in their power to enjoy happiness "'in the, in the fertile land in which God permitted them to live.' And this happiness was to proceed from their obedience, from the work of their hands, and the sweat of their brow. A thousand and a thousand blessings were granted for their use. Out they suffered the passion of jealousy, envy, and hatred to take root in their bosoms. Cain killed his brother Abel, and thus plunged his unhappy parents into the deepest affliction, so that he and his race were cursed by God. This is the horrid crime to which the habit of disputing may conduct. Thus, then, avoid such an evil. Let us share one with the other in every benefit bestowed upon us, and from this moment may the words yours and mine be banished from our happy circle. What is discovered or produced by one of you should be equally for the service of all, without distinction. It is quite certain, Jack, that the belt round your waist, not being dry, has an offensive smell. The pleasure of wearing what you had ingeniously contrived makes you willing to bear the inconvenience. But we should never make our own pleasure the pain of another. I therefore desire that you will take it off and place it in the sun to dry, and take care that it does not shrink during the operation, and then you can join your brothers and assist them to throw the jackal into the sea. Fritz's ill humor was already over, but Jack, whose temper was less docile, still retained the belt, and walked about in it with somewhat of an air of resistance. His brothers continued their warfare, pretending to avoid him and crying out, What a smell! What a smell! Till at length, Jack, tired with the part he had been acting, suddenly stripped off the belt and joined the others in dragging the dead jackal to the sea, where he no longer offended any one. Perceiving that no preparations were making for supper, I told Fritz to bring us the Westphalia ham. 
The eyes of all were now fixed upon me with astonishment, believing that I could only be in jest, when Fritz returned displaying with exultation a large ham, which we had begun to cut in the morning. A ham! cried one and all. A ham! And ready dressed what a nice supper we shall have said they clapping their hands to give a hearty welcome to the bearer of so fine a treat it comes quick in the nick of time too interrupted i for to judge by appearances a certain careful steward i could name seems to have intended to send us supperless to bed little thinking i suppose a long voyage by water is apt to increase the appetite I will tell you presently, replied my wife, what it was that prevented me from providing supper for you all at an early hour. Your ham, however, makes you ample amends, and I have something in my hand with which I shall make a pretty side dish. In the twinkling of an eye, you shall see it make its entrance. She now showed us about a dozen of turtle's eggs, and then hurried away to make an omelette of some of them. Look, father, said Ernest, if they are not the very same which Robinson Crusoe found in his island. See, they are like white balls, covered with a skin like wetted parchment. We found them upon the sands along the shore. Your account is perfectly just, my dear boy, said I. By what means did you make so useful a discovery? Oh, that is part of our history, interrupted my wife, for I also have a history to relate. When you will be so good as to listen to it. Hasten then, my love, and get your pretty side dish ready, and we will have the history for the dessert. In the meantime, I will relieve the cow and the ass from their jackets. Come along, boys, and give me your help. I got up, and all followed me gaily to the shore. We were not long in effecting our purpose when, with the cow and the ass, who were animals of a quiet and kind temper. But when it was the sow's turn, our success was neither so easy nor so certain. For no sooner had we untied the rope than she escaped from us and ran so fast that none of us could catch her. The idea occurred to Ernest of sending the two dogs after her, who caught at her ears and sent her back, while we were half deafened with the hideous noise she made. At last she suffered us to take off her cork jacket. We now laid the accoutrements across the ass's back and returned to the kitchen, our sophomore Ernest, highly delighted that he was likely to, in future to have our loads carried by a servant. In the meanwhile, the kind mother had prepared the omelette and spread a tablecloth on the end of the cask of butter, from which she had placed some of the plates and silver spoons we had brought from the ship. The ham was in the middle, and the omelette and the cheese opposite to each other, and altogether made a figure not to be despised by the inhabitants of a desert island. By and by, the two dogs, the fowls, the pigeons, the sheep, and the goats had all assembled round us and gave us something like the air of sovereigns of the country. It did not please the geese and ducks to add themselves to the number of these our royal subjects. They deserted us for a marshy swamp where they found a kind of little crabs in great abundance and which furnished a delicious food for them and relieved us of the care of providing for their support. When we had finished our repast, I bade Fritz present our company with a bottle of canary wine, which we had brought from the captain's cabin, and I desired my wife to indulge us with the promised history.